0: Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well,
2: yeah, whatever. Yeah
0: everybody, I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiwave. Yes, it is. A podcast about the movies that everyone goes to see again and again and again. Oh, that's and good. And that's again. rather good, Robert. And again. And, and,
2: the reason you're and sa- again. Yeah, and and the again. And again. And again. Will shut the fuck up already? The reason you're saying that is because... And again. You can do that for the entire 90 minutes? No. Because I kind of hope you do. <laughs> and again. <laughs> The reason you're saying that is because this week, the movie we're discussing is... 2,000 Mules. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which, and the, again and again, we'll tie in when we talk about the content of mm-hmm. the documentary. And our top five this week is... Mule movies. No, no, no. no. But what? Did you do mule movies? Yeah. No.
0: Was it Francis the Talking Mule? And well, That was a... Tell me you're kidding. What? Well... That's oh. all I did was... Mule Were there other movies? Well, this?
2: yeah, but Remember, I sent you a text. I'm actually surprised you liked my idea. I love your Because I idea. think it's crap, and I came up with the idea about animal
0: titles, I movies your,
2: with different types of
0: I, animals. I voted for your your idea, again and again and again. <laughs> no movie yeah, animal t- title movies.
2: T- yeah, yeah, titles of movies that have an animal type within the title. Yeah. Now yeah. let
0: me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh oh.
2: But that's my line. I usually you say didn't that. What? you didn't
0: go with like. Uh, like, finding Nemo, because Nemo is the name of the animal. You
2: know, I thought long and hard on this. And that's the proper noun. That's the name of the animal. So, no, I didn't, because we wanted different types of animals, mm-hmm. not the names of the animals. It's still not one of our best top five. My number maps. one so, is right, babe. I just want to... Uh, see, right now, you're destroying the premise that you just set up. You can't do that.
0: Well, I can't? Yeah, no. I think like, I just did.
2: But but see, now.
0: And again. <laughs> and again. All right, all right. I'll, I'll play nice. Yeah, okay. What was our top five know. last week?
2: Last week we did Nicholas Cage movies, and uh, first of all, I want to start off with a really it was sincere...
0: fucking <laughs> great. You know,
2: the more I thought about that movie, the more I I liked it. Not as much as you, but I liked it quite it was a bit. Good. Yeah, and I I want to begin with a correction. Mm-hmm. This was pointed out to me by more than one w- listener. When I drove home last time we recorded, I realized that I made an error about the miniseries about the Lakers. The oh, Lakers, yeah. Winning remember? Time? And you know what happened I got the two Jerry's confused a reader a listener said last week you confused Jerry West who's threatening to sue HBO for Jerry bus I got the two Jerry's mixed up who's dead bus was the call me daddy he was the one who oh. was sitting with a, a a girl with his finger inside her and with a, his girlfriend or wife across the table who's your daddy gonna call me daddy huh, huh, huh that was not Jerry West West comes off as an arrogant asshole and slightly racist. Right. He's the one who's doing the su- suing, not who's your daddy. I so like he, saying that. Jerry Buss is not suing for that. He's, oh yeah, his that dad. happened. I, well, I figured well, his estate oh. is like. You know, yeah, he, he fingered that suit. chick. <laughs> but I was corrected on this. I knew driving home, I got the two juries confused. Want to clarify that? that's kind of important. Okay, now let's talk about Nicolas Cage movies. You ready?
0: let fa- fucking <laughs> do it.
2: <laughs> one of our favorite listeners said, "Raising Arizona." Conair, The Rock, Patty Sue got married, Valley Girl, and then she wrote, I absolutely loathe leaving Las
0: Vegas. Oh. I can understand that. I think leaving Las Vegas, it's a polarizing film. It Al- is. Although I will say, I'm one of the few people who thinks it's okay. But I, I think most people either love it or hate it.
2: Right after she said that, I absolutely loathe leaving Las Vegas, the next response was, best one leaving las vegas. So so there you go. Polarizing. Polarizing yeah.
0: opinions. What's the other one that oh honeymoon in vegas? Yeah, oh, and they came right. out right around the same time. That's right. Was that with the Elvis Presley? Yeah. yeah. He like jumped yeah. out of the Yeah, yeah, they all jumped out of the plane. Yeah. yeah, the flying Elvises. Our esoteric listeners- That's said, all I, anybody remembers from that movie is him skydiving that's that's all with I the remember. flying Elvises. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Esoteric Listener said, I couldn't understand Robert's number three, so I hope I don't repeat. Your number three was actually the movie that we saw that week. Oh. You put that down as your number three. She put down Mandy. Mandy. And again, I, I brought this up last time. I'm going to say it again. You made me schlep to that theater in Santa Monica. I made wait, you? Yes, you did. Because you. I think you implied it's not streaming. I What? Yeah, well, would I do that? Yes, you would. And then I saw it. And then you said, oh, yeah, it's streaming. Didn't you know? You'd have to go through all that. Yeah, man.
0: And what a movie. Well, now, wait a minute. What? Talk about like ruining your own premise. Your very words say you didn't have to do that. Yeah, I, I think that was my attitude of like, why the fuck did you go all the way down there? you just watch it online?
2: You know, you've said that to me more than once throughout the years. A very cavalier like that. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Why, why'd you do that? You could have just watched it online. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Pig, I'm so curious about that, even though I nixed it. Yeah. You like pointing out that I did. National Treasure, esoteric listener, said, Birdie, the trust. I'm not familiar with that. Are you? The no. The trust? And then she wrote down, happy vacation. And I went, Happy Vacation. And then a few days later, she said, Happy Vacation is not a movie. I'm saying that to Ira and Robert because we were taking that week oh, off. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was that night, Happy yeah. Vacation. One of our new listeners said, Mom and Dad. I love that movie. Robert, I never heard of a movie called Mom and Dad, especially with Nick Cage. I looked it up. It's a movie. Hmm. It's a Nick Cage. It's when he was doing all those, you know. So it's called Mom wait, and wait, Dad. Wait, wait, wait. Doing all those movies. All those you movies. That he was like, oh, Orgasming on he was like coming on all these films. What the fuck are you saying? He was doing a lot of movies at that time. Oh. Well, Hasn't he always schlock. done a lot schlock. of slack? No. Oh? Yeah, maybe so. I think initially I think it started when what? he went bankrupt and he was in dire need of money. That's when he started well, getting well, I
0: think we mentioned that that was when he did the knowing. That was like That's a turning it. point yes, when yes, he was yes, like, yeah, Okay, yeah, I'll do whatever. Yeah, yeah.
2: But mom and dad, he said he loved that movie. And then one of our other listeners said you got no love for Family Man? We left that one off. I like off. Family Man. You, you know man. what? I, I you know like what? Him. He's right. Yep. A fairly new uh, listener said, I really don't care for Nick Cage. I can't play this round. Something about him really bugs me. I do recall leaving Las Vegas as being particularly bad and depressing. So there we have it. But she said, Raising Arizona, great movie, but he still bugs me.
0: <laughs> I can see that. I, you know, can, yeah, I can see yeah, that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Cage.
2: Maybe it's because he's such an over-actor. And then she wrote down, Ira, in your next podcast, I really think you need to give Robert a kiss on the lips. I don't understand that.
0: I don't understand that either, and let's not do that. But why not? You stay seated over there, young man. Mm, Too late now.
2: (laughs) Now, this is a little clever exercise in creative writing. You ready? Okay. This is what she wrote. I want you to track this. Okay. I am simply moonstruck by Nick Cage. He's a national treasure, in my opinion but not so much as the World Trade Center disaster. Remember when Peggy Sue got married and then divorced him? Well, I'd go face off with him any time of the day in the City of Angels. Now, is that clever or what? All right, I promised her I'd read that one. One of our other listeners said, I fell in love with Nick Cage when he did Valley Girl. He was the ultimate dream god for some of us girls. Then she wrote, here are some memorable scenes. And she sent me clips from Moonstruck, Peggy Sue Got Married. And she said, but for me, nothing is better than leaving Las Vegas. So there you go. Our other listener, Matt, said, Robert is correct. Raising Arizona, his greatest movie ever. And then he went on to say, nice it's list. True. Here are my favorites. Hmm? It's true. <laughs> uh, Nick Cage movies. Number five, Fast Times at Richmond High. And, you know, he said, it's not my favorite movie with him in it, but, but it's not really... It's not a Dick Cage movie. That's what he's trying to say. Oh, okay. But, of course, I'm fond of that movie for other reasons. Oh? Yeah. What? Phoebe? Is that her name? Phoebe? Yeah. Kate? Yeah, Phoebe. Well, Pho- he's in the movie. Phoebe, I think it counts. Phoebe. I know. It does count. Phoebe Gates.
0: Uh, ugh. Yeah, that scene. Yeah, I think we've talked about this We talked about that too
2: much. I think we did. Guarding tests. I don't think we've talked about it enough. No, I want to talk about more. Uh, Lord of War?
0: Yeah. yeah he, it's like a... Yeah. He plays like a... Uh, gun salesman or whatever to like uh i think i think it's in africa where he's like selling weapons really yeah
2: uh gone in 60 seconds right. and for his number one he said eight millimeter ira you'd love this one and the sound of the final battle is amazing actually i saw eight millimeter and then he said i just watched machine Jui-jitsu. i'm a big fan of your work have you what's that from that's from, eight that from millimeter. the yeah. Yeah. are you familiar with jujitsu with Nicolas cage J-U-I-J-I-T-S-E-L. Yeah. You know I'm a sucker for kung fu films I just and know this that's, one is special. Whenever you try to hit me, that's Ju-
0: what I call it, is jujitsu. That's because you're anti-Semitic. Yeah. 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 Hey, chew. I'm um, glad we understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We thank our listeners for the feedback.
0: Hey, man. Yeah. You want to talk about 2,000 mules? And Robert, talk us through it. I don't know if I can talk us through This is a tough one to describe. I'll, is I'll, it? I'll, well, with accuracy, yeah, I think it is. I'll try my best. Two thousand mules is a documentary about the 2020 election, and there, it, it centers around some accusations that there have, there were a number of people, approximately two thousand people, who were hired to, uh, to collect ballots and then put them into the ballot boxes mm-hmm. in different metropolitan areas, mm-hmm. um, and they would dump off five or Especially the
2: areas where it's just where it can go either way right right go ahead
0: and dump them off five or six at a time and in in doing this there were some roughly 400,000 ballots that were added into the system that were ultimately considered to be fraudulent and this movie centers on trying to bring light to that possibility yeah. and it created some standards for uh, trying to determine... I, I guess that, that really needs to be discussed because I have a feeling, well, I know some things I want to talk about are going to need to talk about the technicality of how they came to that. So this movie is it's directed by Dinesh D'Souza, who makes a lot of political films. And I feel like whenever whenever we talk about a political film, we have to understand that it's it's propaganda. It's, it's you pushing your political viewpoint. And I feel like Dinesh D'Souza is kind of the right wing's answer to to um oh what's his name um uh roger and me Um, oh oh, the documentary film michael moore Moore yes so i feel like dinesh d'souza is kind of the equivalent of that on the right uh they're both very successful they're both known for their documentaries uh they've both made a number of them i feel like dinesh d'souza is a little bit more he's hitting his prime right about now this film has been making a ton of money and if you haven't heard of it because this film has been blacked out by a lot of media uh, stations. They are refusing to discuss this film. They won't even mention it. I know. Um, the, the film made a million dollars in the first 12 hours. How about that? And then I think I saw a video yesterday, Yesterday, I think, of Dinesh talking about how in the first week they made about $12 million. So they're making about $2 million a day. Wow. Wow. Um, so they're, they're definitely making quite a bit of money on a film like this is a political film th- those tend to not be very profitable right right but this one it definitely is profitable so let's talk about their methodology for how they came about this yeah go ahead yeah
2: i want to jump on something before we get into the content of the film itself yeah there's something that i want to broach with you and i always hand robert a wikipedia which you never use but here's your wikipedia pages that give a synopsis and so on and i i want to say first that i've always when we talk about movies, Robert, I enjoy Wikipedia more than IMDb. And I you might disagree with this, but I do feel IMDb is largely a publicist thing. Mm-hmm. It just feels that way, that it's more slanted. Look at our movie, look what we did. Wikipedia, I always felt, is more objective. I want you to see the opening sentence of 2,000 Mules. And this is a Wikipedia page. The film falsely alleges democratic-aligned individuals. Were... All the other reviews are more gentle and say, it alleges the movie alleges the movie alleges. Look what they did! The film falsely alleges. Talk about a lack of objectivity. Yeah, I mean this is glaring. That one word. Yeah, they're not supposed to do that in Wikipedia. The film falsely alleges. Well, I saw uh, at that the,
0: really at the bottom. It was it was talking about how um, how like uh, Donald Trump falsely claimed to have won the election. Well. The whole uh, okay. I, I want to get into that aspect. All, right, all we'll, right. We'll talk about the politics. But the lack in a... of objectivity. I, I totally agree. And Look that... at
2: that word. The film falsely
0: alleges. Yeah.
2: You're not supposed to do that in a Wikipedia article where you give a synopsis. It's supposed to be a synopsis. And all the paragraphs are very um with with dagger. With dagger. Yes. Just ripping shreds into all the arguments that the documentary Postulates? Is that the right word? Yeah.
0: Whoa. Postulates. Look at you. Whoa. Ow. Okay, Did you go to college? Okay. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the methodology of the document. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's really not Dinesh D'Souza's research. It's like D- Dinesh is kind of our guide uh, into this world. And the research has mainly been done by an organization called Truth. Right. True the Vote. Right. True the Vote. Uh, to be fair to them, they have been around since. I think 2009 so this is not something that was created just after the 2020 election and trying to find you know um, problems in their, in in the 2020 election right this has been this is an organization right. that's been around for a, a number of years and they've looked into fraudulent elections long before Trump was really considered a viable candidate right so that lends legitimacy to their claim uh, of what they're they're saying what they did is they said all right we have we purchased the cell phone data of people in these metropolitan areas for it was like a two-week period before the before the election and they purchased just, just mounds of data tons of data and the way that our cell phones work is that there is an identifying number that's associated with your cell phone so in other words We can figure out, like a, like a fingerprint, where Ira has been, based on your, uh, on your cell phone where you have pinged certain cell towers. It's called geo tracking. Right. Uh, Right. Go ahead. And we could get it down pretty close. Right. We know kind of where you've been, to a certain degree of accuracy. Some say even if your cell phone is off. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. So, the uh, okay. So what they did is they purchased all of this data and then they said okay we've got all this data now let's see who has gone in 1 24 hour period who has gone to 10 or more drop boxes that's right so they we're trying to filter out you know who works next to let's say you work at a ralphs and you know you're a stock boy in ralphs and there's a a post office right next door that has a drop box for for ballots or, or whatever polling place whatever it is right library wherever it is that's got this uh this drop-off box for the ballots. Well, of course, when you go to work, you're walking right by that box, but you probably wouldn't be going by there 10 times each day. But even if you were, it's the same one. So what they did is they looked for who's going to multiple boxes. That's right. Their magic number was 10. They said you had to have gone to at least 10 uh, drop boxes That's right, because some people
2: might do it two times or three. Uh, Oh, I'll do it for you. I'm going by the mail. I'll just drop it in for you. Which is illegal. Which is... You know, in some states, well, I think that varies from state to, to like state. It's supposed to be like a family or caretaker. Yeah, that's right. That does that's that right. in certain that's states. That's right. That's right.
0: But in but not, uh, but in other states, there were certain states that that's outright illegal right, to do. Right. But I don't know what is. It? For error, they still may tend the out Should number. we negate that that vote at that point if the person doesn't vote themselves? And if I hand you my ballot, and in a state that may that deems it illegal. And then you go take that ballot and you you deposit it for me, should that vote no longer count towards right. the total? Right.
2: I, I, I want to respond to that before we get to the heart of what this documentary is about. Yeah. And we may disagree on this. And yes, I know how important states' rights are. However, I think in certain instances, such as a federal <laughs> election, right. it should be federal. I really think that things such as the polls, uh, if you're allowed to have a family member put it in the box for you or not. Uh, what's the deadline when it has to be put in the mail? Some say the deadline is here. It can be also like 24 hours later. I think this should all be universal across the board for all states. Now, a lot of people disagree with that and say states' rights. It can vary from state to state. But I think of these national events, stuff like this should be federalized. I do believe that.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that we saw, in a we saw a previous documentary about election fraud before the 2020 election and one of the <clears throat> the comments that they made was that we should have paper uh, ballots. It should not be electronic, so that way it can be audited. And they they were kind of making the case that it's better to have so many different systems and rules because it's harder to hack that way. It's harder mm. to have a an outside influence come in and, and affect it. I, I want to say before we go too far, before I, I kind of lose track of it, the... the The 2020 election, you know, the the claim on Wikipedia that uh, Trump falsely claimed, laid claim to being elected. I don't think it's false at all. Mm -hmm. I think he has a legitimate gripe that many states, several states, negated their own rules for electoral purposes because of the pandemic. They just said, because of the pandemic, we're going to do mail in ballots. But that was not how the legislation had uh, had set up the system. So they're violating their own rules. Right. And that makes the election fraudulent right there. Yeah. And uh, they should have done an, a revote for those states that did not follow what their procedures were. Right. In states like Colorado where they uh, always mail out an absentee ballot to people already – Great, you don't need to rerun everything. But in states like California, where they didn't do that, right. and now all of a sudden they right. are right. issuing an absentee ballot to everyone without legislative approval, that there's a problem. Now yeah. we all know California is going to go for Biden either way, right? But there were you know states like Pennsylvania that were violating their own rules that were all, and and that did swing, so. I think there is fraud in the 2020 election. For that reason, period. Right. No matter right, what, right, There is right, fraud. Right. And because there were Democratic governors who were making rules right. in the moment. Right. Openly, this yeah. is not even. This is not a secret. You can, right. You could verify it. I
2: know and it was almost like whimsy. It was just <laughs> been. <laughs> well, really we're in a pandemic, so yep. we're just going to do things different.
0: Right. I mean, can and, and can the whole idea of the pandemic itself is being called into question as being propaganda. Mm -hmm. right it's it's this smear on on trump and his legacy and look what he did i mean we don't think that that's that's a possibility there's rules for a reason these laws are created for a reason so that governors don't do this kind of bullshit right you can't just say it's a state of emergency so now we're gonna just completely redo our election procedures all right let me get back to 2000 mules 2000 mules took what
2: no, you're right. But getting back to the crux of what the documentary is, so Yeah, about, that's what I just said. Okay. Mules and what So they
0: 2000 did. Mules takes all the cell phone data, right. tracks people who have gone to 10 of these drop boxes and or more. Yeah. they also had to have gone to these nonprofit centers that act as hubs where they could collect the ballots. And the strategy that True the Vote is accusing the mules of uh, or the the whole conspiracy of is that the ballots are created or i don't know like I, I don't know i don't know if they're they're quite saying that the the ballots were printed at these places yeah, i know like, where, where did do the these ballots, ballots come, come from, from? And that was never That's, really addressed that was
2: never addressed where did these ballots come
0: from or were they just taken I, i'm not sure but they they were put it at was these... it was
2: touched upon very briefly uh, people who request, like what absentee ballots or something, and if it's going to be delivered to an apartment complex and it's in the mail, people would yank it, and get it, and then I guess change, things like that. But so, but so was, these
0: ballots were were put in these nonprofit places. The mules would go pick up and then go to another Dropbox, and they showed the cell phone data for some of these people, and they're going very far out of their way yes. in order to hit these. Uh, non-profit areas, and then go to, to a nearby drop box. In and then...
2: counties where it's like a 50-50, it can go either way. Right. Right, right.
0: Okay, so th- therein is the, the thousands of mules, the 2,000 mules that are doing this in, in all of these different states. Now, I want to say that the video... Cities. Fo- hmm, what? Cities, that's oh, all. Oh, yeah.
2: The video footage... Is, was supplied by the government. It was either the state or the county or the city. So they did a Freedom of su-
0: Information Act, and they asked for a lot of the and they got recordings. It. And we see it.
2: We see it multiple, multiple, multiple times, going back and so on. And then they were mentioning, too, about um, fingerprints, and a number of the people were wearing latex gloves, and they submit it. They put it in the Dropbox, and then they take off their gloves, throw it in the trash, and get in their car and go on to the next Dropbox.
0: One of the criticisms for this movie, um, you know, Dinesh D'Souza is obviously right-wing, and Ben Shapiro has criticized the film. Oh, really? And Ben Shapiro is right-wing. I I feel like, and, and maybe it's because I skew a lot more right-wing, I'm, I'm, I'm more libertarian than anything, but I definitely skew more right than left. I mean, pff, anybody who's listening to this show knows how <laughs> I feel. But... uh You know, I think it's interesting to me because I I feel like, generally speaking, there is more, um, I guess, like, uh, credibility toward, like, trying to find the truth on the right than there is following a doctrine. Now, there are definite exceptions, Bill Maher being one of those, he's a he's left leaning and he is in search of the truth more than he is following the left leaning doctrine. He's you know, the first one to say, you guys are taking crazy pills. I don't know what you're doing. Right. Uh, you know, Dave Chappelle, same thing. He's left leaning, but he's like, what What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think it's healthy that Ben Shapiro is saying, he's trying to call balls and strikes and he's trying to say, this is messed up. Like, I don't, I, I think this documentary is not done correctly. One of the criticisms that he had, the principal criticism that he had, was that there wasn't video footage of multiple people doing this. Like, in other words, throughout the entire documentary, <coughs> we don't see the same person going to multiple sites and dumping these ballots off. We see Bob, and then we see Sherry, and then we see Susie. But At we,
2: one site. We only see only that, a, one that, one, that one instance of Bob. We don't yeah. see
0: Bob again. And Bob again, and then a Bob again, and Susie again, and again, and again. Right. We just see You're Susie right. once.
2: We see Bob stuffing as many ballots as he can into the slot. Right. And that's it. We don't follow him to other so, boxes. So, Dinesh
0: D'Souza had an interesting response to this. Yeah. And he said, well, it the, the problem with that is there were... It, it's like committing a crime. He said, let's say that it was a murder instead of fraud. If it was a murder... And it was a serial killer that we're tracking. Do we think that the person didn't do the crime because we don't have video footage of them? He said, we know we have evidence that they did it because we have their cell phone data. But the problem is a lot of the video hasn't been turned over to us. Mm. In certain states, they didn't record any of the video, even though their laws required them to right. have all this video turned That's on. Right. Uh, other states wouldn't give us some of the video. They only turned over partial video so we don't have all of that video available and i was like well that's a pretty decent response you know i think that that tracks but i I do have a lot of questions about this you know about the the process that that does make me feel like i'm a little hesitant to swallow everything that this film is telling us the film never tells us anything about these nonprofits. I mean, all of this centers on this idea that there's a bunch of coordinated nonprofit groups that are storing ballots in these like secret areas or whatever that that are basically depositories for people to come pick up uh ballots to go i mean it's a great scheme, right? because no one's going to notice five or six ballots at a time mm-hmm. over a month long. You know, deposit each day, adding five or six into the mix in this station, that station, this station. Okay, that kind of makes sense. But who are these nonprofits? I know. And I know. It, tell us the names. Let us investigate who, who these, are these nonprofits, nonprofits
2: are. and where they get those ballots from?
0: Yeah, those are that, that big was questions yeah, I had the that same aren't question. being addressed. And it's a little like there's some information that's missing mm-hmm. here. Um True, the vote has, I guess they've said that they're going to release a lot of the information that they've, they've said they're contemplating releasing all of this cell phone data so that people can kind of look at the same stuff that they're looking at. And I think that might sway how I feel about the documentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, once I, 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 I'm not sure that I would actually comb through all that data, but I know other people would. Mm -hmm. And I think that might lend some legitimacy to Mm -hmm. their claims. Um, it's a, it's a wild accusation that they're making. I mean, this is this is huge, right? You're talking about one of the most powerful people in the country that's being affected by these, these nonprofit organizations, but you're not going to tell us who they are. You're not going to tell us what motivates them, how they're linked. Mm-hmm. Why are there five or six of them in each city instead of just one? Because mm-hmm. that seems like that would limit the amount of exposure, right? If you have five or six nonprofits that are all storing ballots, that's just more people and that have access to that those rooms in that area to ask questions to be like, Hey, this is not right. It's more, more chances for you to basically be exposed. So why not just keep it in one place? Why even do it at a nonprofit? Why not just a warehouse, you know, and just, Hey, there's a secret warehouse. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to have answers to that. It also assumes that all of this is a coordinated effort. Like of all these ballots it's assuming that all of the ballots were voting for Biden, right? And that is not—that hasn't been proven. We don't know what these ballots said. Probably that's the way it would go. I mean, I would imagine that a lot of these nonprofit groups that they're talking about would be nonprofits in order to further, you know, a, a cause to to get Trump out of office in a you know a coordinated effort. But they've not proven that. They haven't said that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem: is that we're just kind of making a bunch of assumptions. That I mean, we we don't. I don't know, know if that's
2: provable. I don't know if that's provable to see if that specific batch of ballots all went to one candidate. Well, it's I think maybe it's, that's it, not I provable it's but,
0: in the mix. But can we at least establish the motivation for people to want to do this? Like you're saying that this is a coordinated effort. How do we know that it's not a coordinated effort to get Trump reelected? Right. And well, I mean, there's a. There's a possibility of that. Yeah. They've not even acknowledged it. They've just assumed right. that all of these are for Biden. What What if some of these are for Biden? Some of them are for Trump. Maybe this is right. a commonly done tactic on both sides. Maybe that's why there's two, m- multiple nonprofits that are doing this. Right. But they did show us in some counties that
2: Trump was ahead all, and then to the last minute Biden all of a sudden got this surge of numbers. They did show us that, which would imply not hard evidence, but it would imply that the votes, the ballots went largely one way. I, I think they I, make a really
0: compelling case. Yeah, but what's the motivation? And they have to. I think they have to address that. Yeah. You, you can't just assume that the motivation is is evident. I I, be, I believe it probably is. I'm willing to, you know, to see that. And and, but it I. If I, if I am being intellectually honest, if I was a left leaning person who saw this and I could say, well, here's, here's evidence that all of this was a, a Trump organization. This was a, a Trump supporting, uh, effort to get him reelected. I would have to look at it and and consider, wow, well, that's, you've got a really compelling case there. Yeah. It, not even if I'm a left-leaning person, right? Even if I'm just yeah, independent. Yeah. If I'm just an open-minded person who's willing to look at evidence. Right, right. So where's the evidence to say, here's how we at least believe that these are all right, votes for Biden? Right,
2: right. I hear you on both your points. On both, And I, I could feel during the week we exchanged a couple texts that there were some elements of propaganda. Mm-hmm. Of course there's elements of propagandas. Propaganda in all documentaries, right. I think it's fair to say. But um, now I know what you're too... Um, Issues are, but I, yes, and I agree with both of your issues. It was still pretty damning when we saw some of that video footage. Yeah. It really was where we see multiple people stuffing many, many ballots into that box.
0: I I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. Like, we've got video footage of people that are putting ballots in and then running back to the car. Maybe it's cold, right? But... It, oh, running is not the saved, crime. But it's
2: also done at 2.30 in the morning.
0: Right. But I, some people are going to vote at 2.30 yeah. in the yeah. morning. That's so, the whole benefit general. of that. And again, as
2: far as the latex gloves, they said the, the counter argument was, well, COVID. And at that time, people were afraid to touch surfaces. But then we saw this one lady stuff them in the box. She had gloves. And then she took the gloves off immediately after and threw it in the wastebasket. Right. So the deed was done. No fingerprints. And she got in her car and drove off. Hmm.
0: It's compelling. It is compelling. It, I think it makes a... Right. I, I almost feel like there needs to be a follow-up documentary to this. Like, maybe... Like, this is part one. Let's raise some questions. And then let's come out with part two. And, and maybe that's a tactic that, that they'll use. I mean, this has been extremely profitable for them. Um, and then, you know, in, in part two, you can start to address all of these concerns. But I just... I, okay, I think the media is taking the stupid way out, which is sticking their fingers in their ears and going, la, 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 la. this movie doesn't exist. What are you talking about? You
2: know, and I got to tell you, I talked to two of my friends. They said, what movie are you doing this week? And when I told them the name of the movie and the one sentence premise, they said, oh, let it go already. <laughs> and that, they, they addressed that in the documentary about this apathy. Just let it go. It's done.
0: That's kind of frightening. It is, it. But this happens every election cycle, and I mean, I don't know. I think the, there there was fraud. There was fraud on a governmental level that adjusted the effect of the out uh, the, uh, the election outcome, right? They there were multiple states that encouraged mail in ballot mail in voting that that we we would not have seen otherwise, right?
2: Right, it went against this what the state constitution or right. something.
0: Right, right, right. You know, there there was also this issue of yeah, where are all these ballots coming from? And if we if we say what you're talking about, where, um, if in order to get these ballots into these nonprofits, if if they're siphoning off of like you know they're stealing them out of out of the mail or something like that, then that would mean that. Hundreds or thousands of extra ballots would have been sent out to old addresses and to people that didn't live there anymore. But here's the thing. I got that. I was just going to say, remind us. of what I've, you I've heard people say mail. that like, well, we're all these ballots. People would be like, well, I didn't get my ballot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Remind us of what you got. I got, I think, four, or, four five or five ballots. ballots in your mail.
0: Yes. addressed to different people. We've lived here for years. Yeah. Yeah. I did get that. Yeah. So, and they're they're saying, well, you know, people would be, you know, complaining about this. Yeah, I I was complaining about it. I put it up on social media, right. and I was like, well, here you go. And
2: I you took a picture of the ballots. I did, I and know.
0: I I mailed them back, and you know, not I did not fill them out, but I you know said return to sender and and basically voided them. Right. But how do I know that somebody didn't take that and then say, cool, here's some that we'll just put into the into these nonprofit areas. Right. Right. I don't I don't know what happens to it. I just well, I trust that the government. The, there was distrust about the Postal Service on both sides, right? Do you remember the, there were people that were chaining themselves to post, postal yep, boxes yep. in Oregon or whatever it was? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No one – I don't know. It's crazy. No one trusted the, po- the Postal Service. You know, they
2: also went into old-age homes, remember? A couple right. of elderly people. And, and uh, these, that one elderly woman who said, they made me vote. I I didn't want to vote. And they kind of forced her to or voted for her. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I, got to tell you, I I really, I feel like you should be required to go in person. And if you can't, if you are infirm, then a representative of the polling place, maybe two, because, you know, you have to have like one from each side politically. They should have, like, traveling, like, you set it up ahead of time and you say, I I need someone to come here and witness my vote. Right. And you do it that way. And no one else can touch your ballot. Only, the only people who touch ballots are the people who work at the polling place. That's it. Why the fuck are we putting this in the mail? Are you kidding me? I know. I know. It's a miracle more mail doesn't get stolen than than it does. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it's so easy to do all that. People's mailboxes, especially in these like rural areas, it's not even locked. It's just like there's a little tab. Somebody that's just true comes for along and just
2: apartment complexes, right? We just walk in and there, there they are. Yeah, there's like a trough underneath the actual boxes, right. Where they leave magazines and things like that. It's easy to get access.
0: Well, to. but that's just apartments. I mean, think right. about a house. A house's mailbox that's right there on the street. You don't even have to get out of your car. Yeah. yeah. You literally just pull up, open a door, reach inside, and you've got their yeah. mail. You've got. I mean. You've got their credit card information, maybe not their number, but sometimes you actually, if you monitor it, you can get their actual credit card right. that's mailed to them. If they get a new credit card, it's fucking bonkers. The documentary
2: also interviewed a mule, pixelated face, distorted. Mm-hmm. or What was that? Or was it black, dark shadows, I think? Yeah. And uh, the movie was criticized for that reason, too, where the person was not identified. It was just, could have been anyone, but um, she couldn't be identified. <laughs> She didn't want to be identified.
0: I don't mind that so much. Of like, I don't know. It, does it matter whether she's identified or not? Like, I, I think, I think when people are like, well, oh, they've got one anonymous source. Tons of movies have one anonymous mm-hmm. source, mm-hmm. or I mean, a lot of articles have been written under one anonymous source. That doesn't make them wrong. And and I want to be clear. I don't. I'm not saying that this movie is wrong. I just feel like there's a lot of holes yeah. that need to be filled up in this. Yeah. There's a lot of mysteries here. And I think that's sloppy filmmaking. I think the movie just wasn't ready to come out. I Mm -hmm. think you need to do more research. And if they are doing that research and the answer is not an answer that they really want to address, then they have to say they have to they have to wrestle with that and say, all right, here's a potential problem with what we're hearing. And that could be a flaw in all this. And maybe that, you know. Unravels the entire existence of this documentary because yeah. it's like, oh, that's a perfectly rational explanation for this. I don't know what anything about these nonprofits. Maybe the nonprofits are a nonprofit organization to handle ballot harvesting, which isn't illegal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. But you're right.
2: I wanted to see the same mole at multiple sites. Right. I, that I was missing that, and again, I kept asking myself, where do these ballots come from? How did they get all these ballots tanned out? The moles were paid what, a few ten dollars or something every yeah, time a year certain drop percentage off, per like ballot that. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So as a movie, as a movie, it certainly again it was compelling, but there are holes, logical flaws in yeah. the film.
0: But to be fair, I find this to be the same way about almost every, every political movie I've yeah, ever yeah, seen. Yeah. I sit down with Michael Moore's movies. I'm like, there's so many holes in this. It's just like, it's so problematic. And and the people who want to believe it will believe it. And the people who don't want to believe it won't believe it. Confirmation bias. Yeah, it's just yeah. total yeah. bias. And so it, the the real thing that we can extrapolate from all of this is that there are millions of people out there that are willing to spend money because they still <laughs> believe that something shitty was happening. Mm-hmm. It just, it wasn't on the up and up. They believe that whether it's true or not, that that's what they believe. Right. And I think the Democrats have a, uh, they have a long hard road in front of them. If they're going to try to, they got to stop playing this like pol- identity politics stuff. they, yeah. They've got to make some serious changes to their, their party if they're going to stay in power.
2: Documentary was funny near the end where they mentioned the, the Democrats' um, slogan, make every vote count. And they had fun with that phrase. Right. Yeah, every vote counts, even the ones that are illegal. Right. Make every vote count.
1: <sighs>
2: I thought as a film, as a documentary, it was okay. I thought the ending got kind of cheesy.
0: I find that most of his movies do.
2: Is that right? Yeah. There's a little cheese ball there. In the last twelve minutes, yeah. the wrap up, and they, they played the national anthem in a, little, in a false set of weird, almost distorted way, and the important. I, I get all that, but I felt like it was uh, too much. It was just felt a little bit cheesy near the end.
0: I feel like a lot of these documentaries, the political documentaries, especially on the right, the the uh, the right side of the aisle, uh, along with like Christian films. There's just something about them that just feels very cheap and like manipulative. Well I don't even know if it's I mean, it's all manipulative, right? Everything is it's all being manipulative. Cheese ball. Yeah, it's just it's just it's forced and it's like Yeah. I, I don't know, when when you're making when you're making a film and you're trying to like wedge in your Christian values, it just feels like it feels out of place. Right. Whereas, you know, a film like, uh, the, the last temptation of Christ, which is all about that kind of, uh, you know, which is all uh, about the Christ figure. Then it doesn't feel like it's wedged in or the passion, the Mel Gibson movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like the issues of religion are being wedged in. It's not, that's what the movie is, is about. Mm-hmm. But if you've got like a, you know, a family Christmas movie, and then at the end, it's like, you know, they they have this kind of monologue about, god and jesus it just feels it feels preachy right and then it's it's just like yeah this just doesn't feel good yeah so the last four minutes i thought was uh, over the top and that's what that's what i feel like is happening here it's the same problem that i have with michael moore's movies Mm -hmm. is that it just starts getting really preachy it's like i had a cool
2: end beat is just before we saw that ending wrap-up where dennis prager had quite a little speech near the end Mm -hmm. about we can't let the liberals get away with it boom i thought wow that would be an interesting if it cuts to black there. But they gave us, they tagged on this wrap-up that I don't think was quite necessary. Or as much as it was, as long as it was.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Money shots. I guess probably them, the, the only real money shots are them sitting around the table talking. It's a it's a lot of that, like in this kind of warehouse-y, yeah. Uh, yeah. big table setting. And maybe some of the, the security cam footage of like high angle shots of them shoving ballots into the ballot box and taking off their gloves or whatever. That was mine. But I mean, I guess those are images that will stick in my mind, but they're, they're not terribly cinematic. Mm, I know. I know. Well,
2: was not a cinematic movie. The no, not really. It wasn't cinematic. Yeah.
0: There were maybe little moments and montages at the beginning mm-hmm. and you know maybe throughout little moments where it's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But then it just oh, kind of died away. So
2: no, yeah. For me, it was again this one scene where the um the woman goes and shoves all these ballots into the box late at night. I fit, did a few drop on the ground, and she picked them up and wedged them in again, and then she immediately took off her um, latex gloves and threw them away and got in her back in her car and drove without
0: off. ever looking at the trash can. Like she knew the trash can was. Yeah,
2: because she's done it multiple times. Yeah. So I guess that's my my money shot. I thought
0: the the part where the guy. Like jerked off into the ballot box was a little bit excessive. I kind of like that. A little...
2: What? A little what? You got uh, a problem
0: with that? What's this having to do with the documentary? I don't know, but it was here?
2: titillating. It was exciting.
0: It was yes, now. Yeah. It was sensual. It was erotic
2: as hell. Documentary needed that to juice it up. And the
0: the part where there were all these clowns that came out, they've yeah. all been stu- stuffed into this I know. ballot box? I it's know. Like,
2: and they all had bottles of seltzer. And right. Just, what, does, what is that? I what don't know, know but it made be? me smile.
0: I mean, I don't know. It's just some weird choices in the documentary. Anywave. I This is anti as it gets, man. Like, <laughs> this is total anti-wave. How could it not be? Number one, it's a documentary.
2: Right. We already know our premise with that, that docs by their very nature are anti films. It's a political it about, documentary. It's a political documentary. And number th- three, it's, it's suggesting a huge chunk of corruption in, in our democratic process. Yes. That's as anti as you can get.
0: And I would even argue it's not fully formed yet. I still think that this needs some Yeah. This need to be baked a little bit longer in the oven. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there's Mm -hmm. still some stuff that's like this is not done yet. And even that kind of reeks of anti wave of like Yes,
2: oh that's fun. The fact it's incomplete. Yeah. The fact it's got holes of logic which suggests it's anti wave. Yeah. That's very funny.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Incomplete. And it goes against the established Hollywood norm of being left leaning. That's a good point. So, you're giving this a 10. Uh, yeah. how, I mean, it's tr- this is a truly independent film. I mean, how much money did it cost for them to make it? Let, let's say it cost them a million dollars? I don't even know where I don't know what, uh, how yeah. how you're spending a million dollars on this movie, but maybe, I don't know, with sets and with salaries set. let's and see, stuff. See how much
2: would Dennis Prager get?
0: I'm sure they did that for a song and a dance. I, know. I mean like it's a roundtable discussion. You're probably paying them scale, if anything, no more than $1,000 for the day. The,
2: I can't think of his name right now. The African-American guy who's very- Oh, Larry Elders? Larry Elders was yeah. also in it. So those are the two notable yeah. conservatives, right? All right.
0: 9.8. Yeah, I'll give nine, you that. nine nine 9.8. I don't know. Maybe a 10? Mm. <laughs> it's definitely anti-wave. Yeah. yeah. this is an anti-wave movie. Cool. Let me ask you a question before we move on. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that Biden was legitimately elected well, to office? I was wondering if you were going to do that.
2: I think there were shenanigans mm-hmm. on both sides. I do think there were shenanigans on both sides. <sighs> I found this documentary compelling, especially the scenes we've already spoken about. but in my heart of hearts, I wanna think that I'm copping out right now aren't I I want to think that it was a legitimate result and i'm I'm gonna i'm just the fact that I'm vacillating on mm-hmm. that says something
1: hmm.
2: i I think um He, um, Biden, won. Hmm. You don't, do you? You think it was Trump?
0: Well, that's an answer I I can't tell you because I I have opted to
2: recuse.
0: What? I've opted to recuse.
2: But you just made me go through this entire struggle with my angst and trying to give you a response to your wonderful question. Ira, you're you're not listening to me. Oh, wait a second. I've
0: opted to recuse.
2: Don't we do Weekend Review first? I'm serious. I think you're out of order. Whatever. Just go you're, with it. Yeah, you I <laughs> hate it when you do that. Yeah, you refuse, do you? All right. So, refuse. Have at it, my friend. Go refuse. But I refuse, but that's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Oh, you recu Whatever it is, it's time for In the News. <laughs> You didn't say refuse. You said recuse. Yeah. I said recuse. Recuse, which means not respond. Oh, is that right? Yeah. What yeah. movies did you see? This yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. We're doing news. Okay. All right. First of all, I have like seven bullet points here. Okay. I came prepared. Yep. No more. You're going to hear me say I got nothing. No. This time I'm ready yeah, for man. you. Today. I'm ready for you. A clarification on one minor, minor thing. In the second King Kong, which we spoke about last time briefly, when Meryl Streep went, remember that? And they said in Italian she wasn't pretty enough for the part. And we were trying to think of the names. And it was Italian filmmakers, uh, De Laurentiis. Oh, yeah. It was Dino Dino, De Laurentiis. Yeah, so I looked at them, and that was it. That was the second King Kong with Jeff Bridges, the really bad one that everyone forgets.
0: Can I? Let's move uh, on. Hold on. I'm going to do a quick weekend review because it's about this very thing. I saw Conan. Well, you doing a wicked review and not well, in the news? real quick, I saw Conan the Barbarian in the theater last week. It is not good. I, you know he he produced it. Dino you know, De the Laurentiis is, produced it. Yeah,
2: and are you saying it's got the Rocco meter going for it? It, it for was sure. Not, it was not a. It's not. I I have realized
0: that people are divided into one of two camps. They're totally divided into one of two camps. Either they grew up watching Conan the Barbarian, and they love it, or they didn't, and they grew up watching The Beastmaster. But it's one of those two movies that they grew up watching. Excuse me. No. I'm talking about the generation that actually grew up during that time. Oh, because I was going to say, I've seen neither. No, you you were fucking porn stars out on, like, Sunset Boulevard. Mm -mm -mm. What I'm saying is, the nerds of the day were watching either one of those movies repeatedly on VHS or beta, and... That's all they watched over and over and over again, and now when they watch it, they love it. But I had never seen Conan before. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we don't know if that fi- the
2: Rocco meter doesn't really count, right? In order for meter, it's got to be then and now. So that movie okay. is
0: so fucking slow. Really, the first hour was like, when does this movie end already? Like, what's going on? There were a couple of really cool moments, uh, and then towards the end, it got much better but there's like a fucking out- and I'll tell you something else why that movie is so beloved because at the time in 1982 83 when it was on VHS there's a bunch of boobies in it and you could have boobies on VHS so everyone was watching that movie so they could look at titties that's what it was there's a bunch of sex really? scenes in that yeah really yeah do you have it I do not mm, I there's, you- there's much better ways for you to look at boobies I think I don't know. Sorry yeah, to interrupt, no, with but that, since but...
2: you did that, should we now move on to in the? No, stay in the, to, news. Okay, okay, right, in the news. I just wanted to talk new, about the Okay, DNA. all right. Hey, Dave Chappelle. I don't think we talked about this. The Hollywood Bowl. I mean, that's like cra- it's almost like a week and a half. Ago. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy. The isn't attack. It? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. They're saying that. should the guy be charged? He's not. Is he not going to be charged? Oh, they gave him
0: like a mis a misdemeanor.
2: Yeah, but yeah, it sounds like it should be more harsh than that.
0: He tackled it, the guy. It's a misdemeanor because Dave Chappelle was okay. Yeah. What the fuck does that... Uh, like, it's got nothing to do with it. It shouldn't. All right.
2: All right. Let's move on. Yeah. The Landmark Theater. Do you know about this in no. West L.A.? No. Shutting down permanently. What? Yes. Oh. We've gone there numerous times. In fact, Robert, that's where we saw Life, the movie Life. Didn't no. we see that there? That movie had quite a... No- you know, that ending. You know about that. That ending, the last three minutes of that movie, It. you loved it. You yeah. loved it. I was disturbed by it. I w- but the more I think about it, the no, more wait, I wait. watch it. Did we... Did we see that at the landmark at and that's the one? landmark? Am I wrong in Westwood on Pico in Westwood, the landmark theater? I'm pretty sure that's where we went. And we also were joined by our scientists. Remember,
0: that's our like astro- a theater complex. Well, with a bunch of a bunch of movie theaters in there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the landmark. Mm-hmm. I think landmark is like a standalone theater. No, I think it's. Keep going. I think it's a series. Anyway, okay. Isn't that where you saw
2: Laundromat? I saw that. Okay. Anyway, so it's going down permanently, and it is regarded as an art house theater, so they're gone, unfortunately. I'd like to talk- So wait, there's, yes. there's
0: two. Yeah. There are two. So okay. Here's Go the ahead. confusion. Yeah. There's the Landmark Westwood. Is that the one that's shutting down? Yes. Isn't and that- then there's the Landmark on Pico Boulevard. Well, so- the one in
2: Westwood's on Pico.
0: No, the one in Westwood's on Broxton Avenue. That's the one that's like on UCLA's campus. Oh. I oh? was like, we didn't see anything there. No, I was thinking about the other one in Westwood. Well, isn't that- it, it is in Westwood. The one that you're thinking of is like, just that's like south of Westwood. Okay. It's like West Los Angeles. Got it. Anyway, the landmark's shutting down. I'm going to pull it up. I'm okay. going to see. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah,
2: yeah. I want to talk about Fred Savage. I want to no. talk about Frank Frank Langella. Langella, Langella. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about these guys. Langella, yeah. canceled, both of them. Fred Savage was on board. He was supposed to both produce and direct the new Wonder Years. Well, he already did. Been... Oh, yeah, no more. So he's out because he is obnoxious on the set, and people filed a complaint against him. I really feel sorry for Frank, you know, and he's the one who wrote a statement, a response. And it was quite powerful about what's going on with cancel culture. I like him a lot.
0: So here you go, buddy. See see that one? I do. That is not the same theater that we... That's the one that's getting shut down. Got it.
2: So it's not the theater where we saw Life.
0: Right. Okay. It's the same company. Okay. But it's like they... Yeah, uh, this this is the one that we saw... Life. right
2: right okay okay good i feel better now yeah. actually sort of but not really hey listen let's talk about what frank did where he wrote that incredible articulate response yeah remember it was so eloquent and i felt bad i don't know why but there's something about that guy and what a history i, I googled him i looked at all of- i loved robot and frank i love yeah that movie was so satisfying and a lot of his work is so great. Did so you
0: read his response to the I, accusation? I, I
2: skimmed it. I didn't read it thoroughly. It was really interesting what he was, said.
0: He was talking about, you know, he's in this, um he's doing this show for Netflix, Fall of the House of Usher. He right. realizes that it's gonna be one of his last big hurrahs as in terms of a starring vehicle. He's like a, he realizes he's in the twilight of his career and he, he was kind of saying what should have been my last big effort at trying to get some sort of recognition or Whatever this is, my last kind of right, and it putting all this time and effort into it, he, I, I guess, apparently in the, in the there was a scene where he and his, uh, the, his wife in the movie are supposed to be making love or something, and and the intimacy coordinator that's right that's told right. him where he could put his hands, that's and right. he like improvised it and put his hand organic, and so he put his hand on her leg, yeah. And and she stormed off the set yeah. and was very upset, and everybody flipped out and, and fired him without, con, you know, without, without without interviewing him or anything. They just kind of said, you're done.
2: It bothers me a lot for some reason, especially that it's him, that it's yeah. Frank. And by the way, I didn't know about this intimacy coordinator, and uh, producer Joey sent me an interesting response. That it's been around for years uh, because of Harvey. Because of So that's when they started the intimacy coordinator thing. So it felt more right in that intimate scene for him to put his palm, his hand on her leg. That's it. She cried foul. He's off. uh, What a way to end his career on this note. It just makes me feel sad. I don't think it will be. I think it will be back.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I think uh, I'm more worried about Fred Savage because I think there's been accusations before that he's been, he's had a hot He's a hothead. Yeah. But I've never, I mean, I've never worked with the guy. But I've never seen that. I mean, he's always so sweet and dough face. His yeah. eyes are very, you know, just doughy like. I do know. I mean, I know I know that he's jumped around from show to show to show. Like he's been a director for a long time. And if you look at it, he's with them for a while. And like he directed like the second or third season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. And he didn't come back for like the next season. And I, I always wondered, like, why didn't he stay with them? Like what? Because he seemed to be getting a lot. You watch the behind the scenes footage, and it's him. They were like, "Oh yeah, it's Fred Savage. He's doing this." They were kind of seemed excited about it. I wonder if it was just not a good fit. And they're like, "He's kind of a dick. Let's not have dicks around mm, here, mm-hmm, and let's just mm-hmm. find somebody else." I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know.
2: The Fred incident doesn't bother me as much as Frank. As much as uh, Robert. I don't know. Frank Lagella. Yeah. Wait, you're Robert. You thinking I'm about. No, Robot robot, robot, robot and Frank. And Frank. It doesn't matter as, as much as... Uh, for some reason, I feel real sad about that with Frank, and I hope he does something really strong and powerful after this incident. I think he will. I hope so. Yeah. Hey, Robert. Yeah. Robert, you ready yeah. for this? Yeah. My last point. Netflix has balls. Ah. Netflix. This Who is my, would have This thought? is my headline. Netflix has balls. Fucking good for them. What happened? They came out with a statement that got leaked. It's in Variety in The Hollywood Reporter about, hey... You don't like our content?
0: Perhaps you don't belong here. Boom! Drop the mic. Good Leading the way out of co- corporate woke, yeah, yeah, politics,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm very anti woke. The whole thing with um, it, it's. It, they said they. He said, "Quit. Maybe you should quit. You don't belong in our family." Then it's that simple. I applaud Netflix. Good for I hope them. they don't
0: start backtracking on this and say, oh, "We're sorry. We need to be more inclusive." They won't. They won't. Not I after hope that. not. I hope not. Not after that memo. Netflix has balls. If they do backtrack, then they're done. Like they have, they have now bowed like the Academy. Yeah, it'll I be mean, like the Academy. They they are now. If they backtrack that, they have officially become held hostage to whatever woke politics want of them. It, they they won't. They can't yeah. stand up yeah. to them. But I mean, mean they're, they're no- this, this is like an abusive relationship. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. like you're, you are threatening something. I, I'm threatening to leave you, or in this case, I'm threatening for you to leave and kick you out of the house. And it's like if, if you can't handle this, if you can't abide by these rules, we're done. The transaction is over. And if they call bullshit on that and say, no, no, I'm going to keep my job and you're going to change what you're doing – then it's done right you you are now for the rest of that relationship you are going to be their bitch yeah yeah it won't happen so it can't happen i hope i mean i'll tell you what like the the board whoever's running that the ceo i don't know whoever's making those decisions they they better be thinking about that they better be saying we have got (coughs) to stand firm on this
2: you know their numbers are
0: going down and their subscribers right. because
2: they came down really hard on people who share passwords
0: well that's and what they've said and i think that that's probably true right i think i think they're kind of going we we got to get rid of some of the, the right. fraudulent stuff right. here it's right. time but also there's just way more streaming services like that's just the market yeah. like market percentage has been taken away there's just more sure ways to watch stuff or options yeah
2: yeah yeah good for netflix you got balls hopefully you'll keep them I hope so, too. And that's the news. What would you see this week? Ah, Summer old, summer new. We now present the We Can Review. However,
0: first, Robert, someone like sponsoring this segment? avgearguy.com. Do tell. avgearguy.com. What's the uh, business? Transfers all of your non-digital media into digital media. This is all of your old negatives, slides, home movies. Send those over to avgearguy.com. He'll transfer them over for you so you can put them up on the web and share them with grandma and grandpa. And uh, let him see some home movies they haven't seen in 40 years.
2: A state-of-the-art equipment. We're both clients of his. Extremely reasonably priced. If you mention our podcast, 5% off what's on his website,
0: avgearguy.com. Boom. Hey, uh, one thing I want to mention. Do tell. A friend of the show. Do you, do you think it's okay to talk about a friend of the show? A friend of the show? Yeah. Oh, which friend? Who? We, we've we had... Uh, a friend of the show is sick.
2: Has he been on the show multiple yeah. times?
0: And I'd just like to wish him well. Robert,
2: that is really sweet of you. No, that that really is sweet of you.
0: Yeah. I I, I without getting into any uh, personal information right, or right. specifics. Yeah. I think we should just mention there's uh, you know, our, our friend Eric yeah. is uh is a little under the weather, not under feeling weather. very well, yeah. but uh to want to put some love out his way.
2: That's really nice. But, of course, I'm aware that the only reason you're saying that is so we can have him for the next Oscar podcast.
0: Well, I'm really hoping that he outlives you so that, you, you know, know. Don't think that
2: didn't cross my mind. Right. Yeah. Because I'm getting old and when well, I die in a couple of years, yeah, he'll I, be the new replacement. Him, I'm just waiting. Yeah, I, I know. We all. Yeah. 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 Or if you die That's before like the, me, it'll be
0: Ira. It's and, like the poison I put in your food is just not working. I keep upping put, the dosage and you it, keep eating. eating.
2: You got to up it. Yeah. Mm. Poison good. We like <laughs> All right. What did you say? Am I going to go first? Yeah. Open Marriage. Uh-oh. Mm-mm-mm. This is a 2017 movie and uh, about a couple swapping. And, and I really liked it. You know what, Robert? It did what it was supposed to do. Yep. And of course, it didn't work out. Oh no, it did not. It was like Bob Carroll. Does it ever? Nellis. Does it ever? It was like Bob Carroll, but it wasn't as well made, of course. No. It was crap. But um, I watched that. Hey, I was curious about a movie for the last few years, Late Night. Now, this is the one with Mindy Kaling. Do you, oh, yeah. You know, no, I she, seen this one. Did you ever see it? No. She wrote it and she produced it. And uh, Emma Thompson mm-hmm. starred in it, and Emma Thompson was like the Johnny Carson. She was the, um, the king of late night, but the, people were co- the sponsors were coming down on her because she's not relevant enough. They bring in Mindy as a staff writer, and it's all about Mindy's role in a sea of men and how she's treated and all that stuff. And uh, Emma Thompson was quite good in that role. I like that. Let me guess. People were sexist. You think? <laughs> Extremely. Extremely. I, and you haven't seen the movie. One more. Cult of the Damned. Mm, mm, mm. This is cinema. <laughs> You're just like staring at me, like, yeah, Ira, Why do you waste your time with this crap? First of all, it was an AIP, American International Picture. So oh. I knew, I knew I was in for a great ride with this one. And it was all about an attractive couple. They have this homely daughter. And then it gets really kinky because they like farm her out so she can have kinky sex with all these people so she'll know what it's like to be alive. But the odd thing is that Jennifer Jones was in this movie, not to be confused with Carolyn Have Caroline you ever Jones. seen a movie
0: that doesn't have a sex scene in it? No, no. What's the point? Why did it get made? Mm. Mm.
2: Jennifer Jones, not Carolyn Jones, but Jennifer did a lot of movies in the nineteen forties and fifties. So she starred in this along with Roddy McDowell. Wow! Wow! What a cast! And those are the three movies I saw. And what did you see this week?
0: Well, this week my my brother came into town this week, mm. and we did a um, we did a little a little tour of movies. There was a there was a retrospective. That American Cinematheque is doing right now in Los Angeles, uh, and it's a 1982 retrospective. So, in other words, they're bringing movies back from 1982.
2: Was I conscious of movies that Ford? year? Yeah, you were. were w- still... What was my year where I checked out?
0: I think it was like the it was like '92, mm. like starting were... late 80s, early 90s. It yes. was like a 10 year period where okay. you were like, What? Yeah, there's movie, a movie, movie. yeah, huh?
2: you stopped. That's what... So this is eighty two. Yeah, would, this would is eighty
0: two. So uh, they've been playing all these eighty two movies. So on Friday night, uh, brother comes into town. He's still jet lagged and everything, and we go to watch the four K premiere. They'd never shown it before in four K. They remastered it, everything of the thing. John Carpenter's the thing, and this is the this is the one that I really liked a lot. Yeah,
2: yeah, with that ending. Uh huh. That ending, the last scene. Totally
0: new ending. No, you're fucking with me. Your face sank I know, for a
2: minute I believed you. Only for like a second and a half. No, that whole thing of questioning and paranoia. Yep. That's what was... That was quite a movie, huh? Yep. I know you love that film. I think we have the poster of it somewhere in this room. There it is. That's really cool that you saw that. And it was great. Yeah, it it holds up. Of course it holds up. Beautiful film. Yeah.
0: So we saw that. The next night, there was a double feature. All right? Conan... Which I already mentioned. And then right after that, The Road Warrior. How surprising. And how does that movie hold up? Horrible. I can't believe that movie ever got made. Um, and then, a few nights later, there were other movies that were shown, but we didn't we didn't go see. So they showed Pink Floyd the Wall. They showed uh, Cat People. They showed mm. The Last Unicorns. It was kind of some obscure ones. They played, uh, what's the Late Shift? No, no. Night Shift? Night Shift. Night Shift about the more
2: wait oh that one ron howard yeah yeah ron howard yeah. directed it yeah um With henry
0: winkler and what's his name was in it your favorite actor michael keaton mm-hmm. i don't know if he's my favorite but he's I definitely know. up there yeah, yeah. i know yeah so they played a bunch of those and then on wednesday i i went to go see the beastmaster so i mentioned it earlier wow. in this movie so saw the the beastmaster and the director was there Came out, gave a little talk. It was the director, the producer, and the composer, and they all kind of chit chatted for a little bit, and I uh, got to hear some background stories. The same director, producer that made um, Phantasm. Do you remember the horror I love movies?
2: Fa- yes. Yeah. So they made that movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Phantasm. Yep. It was that sphere that would go flying down right. the hallway. Yeah. And it had did it have like
0: sharp edges and knives yeah, yeah, coming yeah, yeah. out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think in. In retrospect, I don't think that movie holds up no, nearly think, as well. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, but I think yeah. Yeah, that, that was a movie of its era. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah, there you go. Cool. That's nice. Look what you saw, and I saw Open Marriage and Cults of the Damned. Yeah. Ah. Hey, who yeah. died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, we lost the following people they didn't turn to dust. <coughs> we lost the following people last two weeks, actually. I want to begin with Andrew Martin, not Andrea Martin. Who is SCTV. Oh, okay. Okay. Andra Martin. She's 86 year old American actress up Periscope. The thing that. Oh, she was on SCTV. Ah, no, unfortunately, but a similar name. The thing that couldn't die and uh, Yellowstone Kelly. Uh, We lost Kenneth Welsh, 80 year old, Canadian actor, Twin Peaks, uh, the aviator. And he was also in the day after tomorrow. That was the movie, you know, that was directed mm-hmm. by that Emerald. Rennie,
0: no, not Rennie Harlan.
2: No, Emerald, he, his last name was like it, with an E. Uh, yeah. Emerald, and he, he makes all these disaster movies on a large scale. This is the one with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. My favorite actor of all time. I want to know the director, please, of Day After Tomorrow. Robert will have the answer. While I continue... With... Roland Emmerich. That's it. That's it. Jack Kaler, 75-year-old American actor. He's in The Big Lebowski, Robert. He was in Men in Black 2 and Fever Pitch. Uh, we lost Bruce McVitie, 65-year-old American actor. Million Dollar Baby. I love that film. Clint Eastwood directed that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she won the Oscar for that, didn't she? And The Sopranos, American Buffalo, too. We lost John Cherry the Third, American film director and screenwriter. Listen to this. He wrote... And or directed Ernest Saves Christmas, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Ernest Goes to Jail.
0: Aw, I liked Ernest Goes to yeah, Jail. That's the
2: one that you liked. I remember yeah. there was one of them that you liked. He's dead. <laughs> Corners Corner, <laughs> Silver Spotlight Award. We're not acknowledging Gene Hackman or Dick Van Dyke. They're all dead. and Mel Brooks and Pepe
0: Le Pew. Wait, I know. Frank Langella and Fred Savage's career. Yeah. Is that the Silver Spotlight? Yeah, it should be. Mm-hmm. It should be. Mm-mm-mm.
2: Hey, this one hurts. Yeah. Sometimes they hurt. Let's talk about Fred Ward. Yeah, you know, you sent me a text a few nights ago, Fred Ward. Wow, American actor. We're talking Escape from Alcatraz, the right stuff. Tremors. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, what's his name from Tremors? Um, you know, Kevin Bacon wrote an incredible tribute. Yeah, and because they were on the set, and they said the stories they would tell each other in
0: between shots was just great. Like, diverse films, stu- like talking about Django Reinhardt. I saw uh, who? What? J- he said talking about Django Reinhardt between takes. Yeah, they were out in the sun together. Yeah, you look at me like I'm, tr- I don't know what you're talking about. This I'm commenting trailer. on what you just said. You, you are. You're, you're like you bouncing said, on it. No, you said, Kevin. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Kevin Bacon paid a, a huge, like a stunning tribute, beautiful tribute, tr- yes. beautiful tribute yeah. to Fred Ward. Yeah. About between takes, the stories they would on, tell on Tremors. And yeah. I elaborated. and I said about how they liked Django Reinhardt. That's what he said in the tribute. Is he said that Fred Ward? Wait a minute. Would sit wait around talking second. about Django Reinhardt. Wait I have something Reinhard. to say. Yeah.
2: You're right. Yes. You're not doing shtick right now. No. Because I read that, and it did reference that specific- That's what I'm trying to tell you. Robert. You're trying to move on past I, what no, I'm saying, I, and I'm I, going no. I thought no. you were doing it. Rah, 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 but no. no, actually, they didn't. That's what they talked about.
1: Right. Hmm. I, Listen, I read the same thing. You said thing. Read the same yeah. thing.
2: This guy, I want to say it again. This The diverse films he was in, that's what I want to say. Yeah. Not just Escape from Alcatraz, Southern Comfort, The Right Stuff, Time Rider, The Adventures of, of Lyle Swan, Remo Williams, I like that film, The Adventure yeah. Begins, Tremors, Tremors 2, Aftershocks, Henry and June, The Player, Swing Shift, and Shortcuts. What, what a group Man. of diverse Southern movies. Southern
0: Comfort, don't sleep on that movie. That's a pretty good one.
2: A, these, yes, yes. And I don't want to say one more thing. I, you know, I did a little research, looked into this guy. He lives in Venice, California, I'm sure. and you know what? You know what? I nodded yeah. when I saw that. We should tell people that it's a a community in Los Angeles uh, county, I suppose. We're actually part of L.A. city, anyway, yeah. near Santa Monica, and it's it's got that counterculture vibe, and it's different, real colorful along the boardwalk. And when I saw he lives in lived in Venice, I just nodded, said, "Feels right. That yeah. feels right. Yeah." Candle Corner, celebrity birthdays for the week. Uh, Richard Jenkins, we like him a lot. Mm-hmm. 75 years old. And uh, Rami uh, Malek, who we don't care, who won the Oscar, didn't deserve it just because he put in fake teeth. Anyway, he's 41. Happy birthday to these two gentlemen. <laughs> what? Well, he shouldn't have won the Oscar for Queen. You want to do some top five? What? He didn't deserve it. Do you want to do some oh, top he just five? put in the fake teeth and he got the attitude down. He was Reasonably good, but not deserving his best Oscar. Oscar, just the way Coda was a good, satisfying movie, and I'm glad we saw it. Best film? Oh no, 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 no. Mm-mm. But then again, the argument you made—yes, but with the times, what we've been going through right now—we see the need from feel-good movies like that. I'm going to stop right now. Ira, do you want to do some top five? Now nah, I'm going to go home. <laughs> And Oh, I almost forgot my cue, didn't I?
0: And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right, (laughs) our top five this week is top five. Animal titles. All right, let's do it. I know you
2: like economy of words, right? right. Yeah, I love that.
0: You know, I I want to say one thing. Yeah, what do you got? This
2: is not definition of terms, but I noticed an interesting phenomenon. Yeah? When there's a type of animal in a title, very often it has either day or night. Let me give you an oh. example. This is really like interesting. Like Day of the Jackal? Yes, that's one. Um, night of the Jackal? Th- no, no, it's just. Afternoon of the Jackal? Twilight. This is Dog Day, Afternoon. Day of the Jackal, <laughs> um, is, um, right. of the jackal oh. Night of the Iguana, and Day of the Dolphin. So here we have four examples with types of animals. What about,
0: was it Day of the Trippids?
2: Yes. What the hell's a tripid? I don't know, but it's an animal? I don't know. What, what about locusts? Day of the night oh. of the. Was that a movie? Oh, That I don't was an early ho- nighted locust. So isn't that interesting that animal What the hell is types? a tripid? That was a science fiction movie. What is a tripid? I don't know. Is it like an organic
0: plant that a grows triphid. out of... A can- tripid. Yeah, but what is it? A, a fictional, tall, mobile, carnivorous plant species. Because it was eating people. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So look okay. at those titles with Day or Night. Day of the
0: Trippids, Yeah, so it's yeah. a made-up term. Okay, good. Yeah.
2: Okay. You want to kick it off with your number five?
0: Yeah, sure. I'll go first. 1978. Christopher Walken. Robert De Niro. Deer Hunter. The Night of the Deer Hunter. <laughs> That's yeah. good. That's good. That's good. You've seen it, right?
2: No, I don't like movies. <laughs> I hate movies. Was there like a Russian roulette scene? There several <laughs> There's several Russian roulette scenes. Russia roulette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just spin that chamber, point that gun to
0: your head. It's a great movie if you're patient. If you're patient. If you're not patient, if you're like, I, come on, I gotta, I want to go. It's, it's, you're going to hate this movie. Anyway, there's some really great stuff in the Hunter. It's a nice one. Check it out. What do you got? What's your number five?
2: My number five, I don't think you've seen it, but I think you've heard of it. By the way, I don't think we're going to overlap at all, do you? Mm, I don't think so.
0: Maybe, Maybe one.
2: I'm going to give you an interesting clue, may I? Mm-hmm. It was directed by Mike Nichols and it was written by buck henry same team the graduate <laughs> same team who gave us the graduate but it's actually borderline science fiction movie oh i've never heard of that borderline <laughs> science fiction movie day of the dolphin day of the dolphin no wait i thought dolphin animal mammal and you know me i actually checked mammals are animals, animals yeah, i just had to make sure i got confused on that
0: and also Wait, a dolphin like a is not dog a fish. Is A dog is a mammal. I know,
2: I know. But a dolphin also is not a fish. People think, well, isn't it a fish? No, it's not. It's a mammal and mammals are animals. But
0: a fish is an animal too. <laughs> right? Uh-uh. Oh, you're saying a fish is not an animal? Here we go. I don't think so. I think so, buddy.
2: No, because they, they breathe oxygen underwater. And I don't think animals or mammals can do that. Fishes are a group
0: of animals that are completely aquatic vertebrates that have gills, scales. Fish
2: are animals? Yes. Now, wait a minute. So what living thing is not an animal? Oh, plants. Yeah. Plants, grass.
0: Yeah, or like bacteria.
2: Bacteria. That's not an animal. Right. But seriously, I didn't know that fish is an animal. Yeah. Huh. I just learned something. What, there you go. Yeah, wait, I can see our three Ethiopians what? right now. They're like shaking. they oh, I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> They've
0: been saying that for a while.
2: Ooga, the- ooga, the- I'm a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Day of the Dolphin was a weird little film. And it was borderline science fiction. And the ending... You, I, I think you told me about it I before. Did. I'm definitely not seeing it. <clears throat> no, don't see it. But at the end, it's all about that the dolphins speak. And they have the clicks and whistles. I did a term paper in that in one of my communication classes. And the ending with George C. Scott and his then-wife, Trish Vanderveer mm-hmm. walking off. Because they saved the President of the United States from a bomb. The dolphins did, Uh and they're walking off, but they knew they had to sever their love. The dolphins are walking off? No, no, no. Trish and George C. Scott. Are dolphins? No, but they saved the day. Okay. The dolphins saved the day. Oh, the day of the dolphins? (laughs) They saved that day? (laughs) (laughs) So just listen, because this made me sob. Okay. And I remember telling my mom and dad about this. And And again, and
0: (laughs) and again, and again. No, but the whole thing- Uh, That was a callback.
2: I know. They taught the dolphin to say, speak English- Fa, fa, fa love pa, because the dolphin was called fa, fa loves pa, fa love pa, fa, but they had to sever the relationship, they succeeded, and they couldn't let other people know that they were communicating with each other, and Georgie Saw it, said, keep walking, keep walking, don't ignore." fa, fa love pa, fa love pa, fa love pa, and with Trish Vandiver, tears going down her streak, their cheeks, they walk off in the distance, directed by Mike
0: Nichols. Did you know that dolphins rape people? <laughs> Did you will. know that they do that? They rape. they rape. They rape. They do. They will rape, and that happens sometimes like, when people like try to go. No, they like, save
2: people's lives. They're very friendly. When
0: people swim with dolphins, yeah, dolphins do, will oftentimes they might try to feel
2: rape. Up. I can see how they would try to feel up because they're playful. Rape. They're playful and coquettish. Rape. So what are you saying? The dolphin whips out its pecker. Yep. And like shoves it. Yep. Into the woman.
0: And often well, guys too. Guys have holes. Where, where where's a dolphin that's my number five all right my number three an animal that no it's your number four my number four yeah. an animal that <clears throat> it's harder to rape with this animal because it's not nearly as big of mice and men 1992
2: i didn't think of that mm-hmm which version are you doing? Nineteen ninety-two. There were mm-hmm. actually three. Yeah, but that one was three. really good. That was the good one with Gary Sinise. Yes, and um, um, I can tell you who,
0: who was it? John Malkovich. Yes,
2: yeah, that was really
0: good. Apparently, you couldn't tell us. I, but I, I could, I could tell I, yeah, them. I know.
2: There was an earlier one, and uh, then there was a second one. That was the third one. Mm-hmm. Yep, very nice. That's... Burgess Meredith was in the first one, right? by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's a great story, and man, they just nailed it, George. George, tell me about the rabbits, George. Mm-hmm. I used to teach that novel. My number four,
0: Plan of the Apes. <gasps> Ooh.
2: That's a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: but it's an important film, and I. It was yes. I definitely think that's gonna fall in the Rocker meter. Don't go back and I agree. Watch it.
2: I think it already has for me. Yeah, I saw it a few years ago on TV. Did and, you? Yeah, I thought. Yeah, oh. I want to remind people that outside
0: rock- of the iconic scenes of the like the iconic scene, the you scene. blow it up. No, uh, outside yeah, of all that's of that, that's it.
2: Damn, I was just gonna do that. You took away my line. Yeah, what other lines are there from well, that movie? Uh, get your filthy paws oh, yeah, right. off, okay. you damn dirty apes. Fair, fair enough. Okay, so fair those enough. are the two lines that remember. Co written by Rod Serling, by the way. Isn't that interesting? Mm. People forget no, that. No, I could see do that. that yeah, of course, with like so the twist has. endings. Yeah. And of course, Charlton Heston. That's my number four, Planet
0: of the Apes. My number three, a movie I think you've seen and I think you liked 2004, Ashton Kutcher.
2: Butterfly Effect. Yeah. Because I thought about that. Uh-huh. And I was wondering, seriously, is a butterfly an animal? I really wrestled with this one. Now, I like your expression because you're actually not sure now. I think it's you an might insect, be right. But it's an
0: insect. Give me a break. No,
2: I'm not going to give you a break. After you made fun of me for thinking that a fish was not an animal, now you're saying that a butterfly is an animal? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a, uh, now, oh, look at Robert going to his trusty iPhone. He's going to find out if a butterfly is an animal. I make the argument it's an insect. Hate to prove you wrong in front of our two Ethi- three Ethiopians.
0: <clears throat> Butterflies are herbivores, meaning that they eat plants, and they belong to the kingdom Animalia. They are animals. Are you making this
2: up? Nope. Are you making this up? They
0: belong to the kingdom Animalia.
2: Am I wrong? It's nope. not an insect? You are wrong.
0: It is an insect.
2: So insects can be animals? Yeah. Therefore, what about flies?
0: Well, that's my number two. I
2: Seriously, I was going to put down the fly. Yeah. Is a fly an animal? Yeah. I'd like to revamp my list. <laughs> my number three is, I talked about it a few years ago, The Owl and the Pussycat. This was with Barbara Streisand and George Segal. Now mm-hmm. get this. Barbara Streisand was an actress who really made her money by being a whore. And George Segal, an intellectual, cerebral writer with the thick glasses. Can't you just see that? I know, but yeah. at that time it was cute, and they were both at the right point to do this. Are you ready for this? Written by Buck Henry again. Oh, Buck Henry wrote Buck Henry this. Henry wrote everything at that time. He did two out of these three movies I'm mentioning: uh, the Al and the Pussycat. By the way, we didn't do the year. Let me back up. Dave the Dolphin was 1973. Two. Very good. plan of the Apes 1968. Eight, Eight right. Al and the Pussycat
0: 1970. I've, I don't even know this. 1970. Movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, were you done with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, I'm done. Okay. My number two done, is nineteen eighty six, The Fly. I'm not sure that much needs to be said about the fly. God, we just reviewed it not too did. long ago. It's a great movie. Still what holds up. Movie. It's over the I wanna ask it's the you a last question. twenty
2: minutes of that movie.
0: Using your logic of what you've said, couldn't I say the man who or the men from? Oh my god. Wait, I have a great response to you.
2: Yeah. Because one of my scoops was a man called horse. That's a double. Oh. That's a double. Because yeah. man is animal and horse is animal. Oh, man. You know what? Man, you just reminded man me of one that I double. definitely
0: would have put on here if I'd remembered. Which one? They shoot horses, don't they?
2: Oh, my. god. If I thought of that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That movie. We should. I would, that, would love to we see We should that. talk about I would that, love that movie. To, yeah. That's a really good movie yeah, that not enough people have seen. Yes, I know.
2: It's, it's a badass movie. I know. I don't know if it did well when it came out. It was, I don't think... I it, think it was highly it, regarded by the critics. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. But I don't think the masses flocked to it even though it had Jane, Fonda, and other people. It's, it's also Ging very... Young, I y- think you Ging know young. what I
0: liked about it is that it was a... It, I, I'm always a sucker for a very simple setup. Right? It's, it's a dance contest. It's it an ballsy. endurance dance contest. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need. I would love to watch that movie again with you. Yeah. My number 2 is the fly. That's great. Right. That's great. Although it probably should have been they shoot horses, don't they? But it's not. Go ahead. What do you got? With with Gina Davis when she was hot. Gina Davis was in they shoot horses, don't they?
2: <laughs> that's Barbara. My number 2? Day of the jackal. Ah. This the now they came out with With Bruce Willis and No, I knew you're going to say that. That's called Jackal. Is that oh, right, G- yeah, right. And the jackal. The guy right. who wrote and directed it was suing them and saying but it's a different story. It's oh. told really differently through a different lens, mm. and there was quite an issue about that, but they did call the, not really a remake, but a follow-up film called Jackal. This is Jay of the Jackal and uh, about the attempted assassination of Charles de Gaulle, mm. and I saw it in the theater when it first came out in 1974. Man, four? Three. Mm. Three. You're,
0: it's very consistent. I don't with know. That. It was a total shot <clears throat> in the dark. Mm. Okay. My yeah. number one, Best animal movie. I wonder if we're going to... No. You don't think so? No. I don't think you've seen this movie. Mm. This movie is so good. Saw it when I was a kid. Went back and watched it again later and it made me cry. Have I heard of it? Only through me, I believe. You don't think I've seen it? I don't think so. It made you cry. Yeah. Hardly any talking in this movie. 1988. The Bear. Mm-mm. Yeah, and it's a live action movie, but it's a narrative. It's about a, <coughs> a bear who basically um th- it it's it's just a, it's a magnificent filmmaking. So good that they're working with these bears and getting the performances they need out of them. It's about a a cub who whose mom dies in an avalanche. Like she's trying to get food and she dies, and the cub's by himself. And he comes along, finds this like adult male bear, who, I mean, it's it, it's like a tale as old as time, right? Like the 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 adult bear's like, get out of here, kid, and you know, of course, the cub's hanging around with him. Keep in mind, this is all extremely realistic. It's there's no talking, right? This is all just through wonderful filmmaking that you're able to see this relationship between these two bears unfold in front of you and then there's some hunters that start coming after them and they're like these french fur trappers and it it, it's just magnificent filmmaking
2: right now our three ethiopians are chanting robert pussy Um, robert's pussy Uh, you you should see this movie i would like to see you would really like it
0: you would I'm telling you, you would appreciate yeah, that. It's sure great filmmaking. Yeah. Think about how hard that is. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get bears to to emote in the way that yeah. you want? Were they sag? I, I think they were after at the time. Anyway. <laughs>
2: That's very sweet, Robert. I like that you can you're soft and you have a heart. No, I'm I'm serious.
0: <laughs> What do you got? What's your, I like how The Fly was my number two, though. Uh, what you got? Which yeah. number, uh, you what's your number one? The Fly to the Bear. Yeah. Al Pacino at his best.
2: Dog's Afternoon. Yeah. What a movie. Yeah. What a fucking movie. 78? Fucking, no, 70, no, no. Was it 78? No, not quite. It's earlier than that. 75, you're right. Yeah. Seventy nineteen seventy five. 1975. Sidney Lumet, by the way, did you know that he does mostly movies about New York? Remember a few weeks ago? <laughs> you remember when you gave
0: me a hard time about that? But no, you said it was the director who does movies about New York, and yeah. I'm like, no, fuck Sydney, that's Everybody, C- no, no, Scorsese, has a, uh, but uh, Woody, Woody Allen, Allen,
2: Martin Scorsese, and Sidney Lumet are the three directors who are known for mostly in their body of work New York movies. That's
0: true. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I mean, there's other people too, of though. Course, but they're they're. The, is Sidney Lumet in that same category as yeah, those other two? Yeah. Okay. Take a look. I I think so. All right. No. Doctor, wait. What? But with like New York stories, that was Francis Ford Coppola, wasn't it? Well, Sidney that had Lament. four different directors. Was Sidney Lumet one of the four? Uh, no, I don't think so. But Woody Allen was, right?
2: Woody but, Allen, yeah. Scorsese. I think it had four different directors. I think it was just three, but I'll oh, look. Oh, maybe up. it was three for you, four stories. You talk. So you're saying one director doubled up and did two stories? I don't know. Okay, yeah. Which was an odd film, by the way. It was not a good movie. The story. So you know, Well, I'm going to pull it Sorry. up. Okay, all right. Dog Day Afternoon. I want to say Sidney Lumet, and it was Al Pacino before he got
0: weird. Okay, it's so the Attica, answer was... Attica. ...Woody Allen, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, and... So you never Steve Soderbergh. No. No. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was just those that, three. It was that. just those three. Really? Yeah, I think it was only three stories, buddy.
2: I, oh, I thought it was four. four. So was you're saying... Three. Okay, got it. Got it. Um, dog Day Afternoon. And by the way, I like to acknowledge this whenever possible... Robert, what's the name of that actor who's in Deer Hunter, Dog Day Afternoon?
0: Robert De Niro? What no, you you know oh, who oh, I oh. mean? Jim Cav- uh Cavette Cav- Cav- uh, Cav-
2: Cav- Cav- with a C. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Caval. No, no, no. Cav- I, I'm, oh, I'm getting, getting confused because yeah. that's Jim. Yeah, you're getting. I know That's the guy confused. from The Passion. Yeah, that's
2: correct. That's correct. Um, he, was, he hooked up with Meryl Streep for quite a while, and there's a documentary about him, and I would love to see that documentary. He only made like four or five movies, John Caziel. Those a, four or five movies are so oh, powerful. Yeah. And um, so he's in that movie as well. And um, Dog Day Afternoon, it's a hell of a movie. That's my number one. Wow.
0: Scoops. All right, I got a few. Yeah. Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Wag the Dog. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Groundhog Day. Mm, I didn't think of that. I wanted to put Reservoir Dogs on, but I couldn't spell it. And... <laughs> A, a movie a, that i don't think you've seen but is is really good it talks about the um it, it addresses the the kind of plight of black people in los angeles like in the in the hood um boys in the hood no okay oh, uh no, no, no it, it, killer oh, of boys she- boys are animals yeah right that's what i'm saying so worked, right. uh killer of sheep have you ever seen I killer never heard of sheep of it. yeah it's a it's a definite independent film, but it's a black and white. I'll pull it up and I'll show you something about it. But you got You talking about yours. I got quite
2: a, I mean, this was so broad. I do have a man called Horse. The movie Cats. Uh, Twelve Monkeys. There was an early film, Robert, called Lord Love a Duck. It was kind of an important film in the 60s. Yeah. Not a, you never heard of that. Have you, no, it? Have you really? Yeah. Night of the Iguana. Lion King. Uh, American Werewolf of London. I That's thought about one. putting yeah. it in my five. Yell, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, A Fish Called Wanda, Since Fish are Animals, right? Uh, Ice Station Zebra, mm. uh, The Fly, and uh, The Mouse That Roared. I love that movie. Straw Dogs, Crocodile Dundee, and my last one, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You Where's the that animal in There's two. What an odd film. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Remember they're like fighting on tree branches? On tree branches, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same director who went on to do *Brokeback Mountain*. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ang Lee. Mm, that's right. Yeah.
0: See, I know my movies. Yeah. I think you have an answer. Set in the Watts area of Los Angeles, a slaughterhouse worker must suspend his emotions to continue working at a job he finds repugnant, and then he finds he has little sensitivity for the family he works so hard to support. Um, it's it's a really good film. Charles Burnett, nineteen seventy eight, and what's the name of it again? The Killer of Sheep, and it's and there it it's is. shot beautifully, and it's all like a, it's very, like a, it's a part of Los Angeles that you don't normally see. It's like Watts, nineteen seventy eight. They're still kind mm. of recovering from the riots, and there's like all these empty lots, like a like a uh, not parking lots, like dirt lots, and the kids are always playing in those, and there's like these burnt out buildings that are have you could tell have just been abandoned for the past 10 years you know from the the watts riots were what 68 so this mm. is you know, 10 years later and it's just kind of still sitting there and no one's doing anything with it and it's just kind of um uh, it's shitty and it's a really great portrait of a family in watts at that time wow and it's it's just shot beautifully incredibly well acted
2: wow what was the watts watts riots 68? I think it was 68. Maybe 65, 64. 68. Was it earlier than that? So check it. Watch Riots. I'm going to go out on a limb here. You might be right. I'm going to say 64. Mm. Let's see. Just watch Riots. We've got to get an answer on that. Mm, 65. You're right. Closing out, 65. Yeah. See, I know my stuff. Yeah. Fisher Animals. Mm, yeah. Hmm. Now Butterfly, you know.
0: Butter- Butterfly Effect. It was an odd film. Yeah, I think most people didn't like it. I kind of liked it. I don't know. There was something about it. Fascinating was, premise. Yeah. Fascinating
2: premise. The little things we do that affect our future.
0: All right. Hey, man, so, if people have animal movies. Yeah, what should they do? Did we name them all? Probably. Uh, all of them. There's, there's not there's a not single one, one, one left. animal left. I dare anyone <laughs> to think of a movie that we didn't name. You know what they can do? What? They can send it in to us and let us know what it is. How? Well, usually through our email. oh, w- Which is? Robert at antiwavepodcast.com. Oh. Or. Slash or I at antiwavepodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. You know what, Robert? We're all over the place, aren't we? Just like the fraudulent balance cast in the uh, 2020 That's, election, actually, we are all worked. over the place. That works
2: good. That works. That's good. Okay. And I want to say that you can find us. You can find us on Google Podcast Music. You can find us on Spotify. You can go to our website. And by the way, write a review. We like it when you write
0: reviews. Yeah, throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, mm-hmm. next week. What are we doing? Oh, you know what we're doing. dude. Do t- well, I'm the talent Mr. Doing? Ripley. I
2: really want to see this movie. I can't no, wait. No, I am so excited about this. What a cast! I oh, know. What a cast! Kate Blanchett. And I'm so
0: Kate hmm? Blanchett, Jude Law. Jude Law. Jude Law's in this. Philip Seymour Hoffman. What a cast! Gwyneth Paltrow. When I like. And Matt Damon.
2: What what a cast! What a great story. Yep. And uh, I'm so looking Remy for Remy Malek. No, he put in fake teeth and won the Oscar.
0: <laughs> Good. That's what we're doing next week. Yep. Sandra Bernard's in this. <laughs> I like her. Robert De Niro. Mm, yeah. what? Robert De
2: Niro. <laughs> yeah. You talking to me? <laughs> Ripley? Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, yeah, he's just doing this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Joey!
2: Joey! <clears throat> <clears throat> nice throat> job.
0: Throat> Ira, what do you want to do now? Mm, let's smile. I don't want to go bowling with you. It's always bowling. Ice skating. I think you just want to touch my balls. Arsh... Mmm... All right. So until next time, till Iris touches my balls, <laughs> keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. It's fucking bonkers.